Let me tell you about something you never knew you needed in your life. Yeah, what's that? Something you never expected to see exist. But it will solve every problem you've ever had. This sounds like such a futuristic proposal. Mm. Like I'm talking about some super pill you're going to take and you're going to just be... What is that movie? Limitless? I never watched it. Yeah, with Bradley Cooper. What's he doing? He's jumping off Bill. What's he doing? He's just really smart. Oh, that's He's it? Like amped up. That's it? Nothing physical? He uh, can't jump off a building or anything? Uh, he didn't do that in the All movie. Right. Maybe he was physically... All right. I wanted it to be more superhero status. Right. Anyway, that's what, this, that's, what, that's what this could do for you. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the upcoming Mac Pro iPhone. <laughs> Mac Pro iPhone? Yeah, that's right, Will! That's what you needed. That's 64 cores right there. Really? No. This is a patent filing, and it is one of the weirder ones that I've seen recently from Apple. And you know, just to be clear, they do these type of things. They have a, you know, they have a little laugh. They throw these patent filings. I mean, this recent patent filing had 77 in it, 77 new patents granted by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So they do this stuff on a whim. Hmm. I mean, maybe a little bit more than a whim because they got to do the drawings. But apparently, they just patented a Mac Pro-like iPhone that will have the cheese grater style metallic mesh chassis with the like car carved out holes in there. Mm -hmm. The cinema display, do they call it that anymore? What do they call their display? XDR. XDR. XDR Pro. Anyway, that display has it, the Mac Pro has it, and now in this patent, the iPhone has it. And they say in the patent, hey, this could help with cooling and performance. Meanwhile, the, the stuff they're doing with their chips, they don't even, mm -hmm. those things are already super cool. What do you think about this, Will? This what you need or what? <laughs> the cheese grater <laughs> iPhone. This is ridiculous. This is, that, that would be, have you ever touched the back of one of these displays? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like sharp. Yeah, great in my head. Yeah, it's like sharp. Yeah. You would never want this on your phone. I don't know how they would implement it in such a way here that will make it usable and then never mind in and out of the pocket. Yeah, the lint. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know that often these patents are just, just in case type patents. They're like, hey, maybe we want to do that one time. But this one just to me makes no sense. Mm -hmm. That it could never possibly happen unless there was some way of coating it with some other clear coating on the outside of it so yeah. it could become smooth again and just for appearances. But of course, that wouldn't do much for your cooling. Yeah, I have no idea. Somebody did all this work to do these drawings just so they had it. Sheet 4 of 17, March 30th, 2021. Yeah, the bending of the grates on the corners here just That's in a case lot of work. they're like let's just make sure if we ever want to do cheese grater devices that are not the current mac pro or pro display xdr let's just make sure we're covered in case that's something we want to do right and so they slapped it on the on the phone more practically they also slapped it on to something that looks like the trash can mac pro the mini mac pro and that seems to be more feasible although mm -hmm. although again i highly doubt that they would go back to that shape exactly just because they've done it already mm -hmm. but maybe this patent would apply even if they did a small cube or a small brick and it still had that kind of pro look to it fitting in with the other pro devices that they have mm -hmm. but i just got a kick out of the mac pro iphone yeah not a thing i ever expected to see a rent uh, like uh, e even a fan rendering let alone an official u.s patent for such a thing mm -hmm. it's out there it would just the wild it, it, it would actually have to be one of the worst textures to put in your pocket mm -hmm. I mean, i'm sure there's worse out there but anyway there you go will one day far enough in the future 
you know. Your very own cheese grater in your pocket. There we go. Well, that's the thing. This episode is sponsored by Me Undies. Apparently, they got an even, an even lighter, stretchier, and more breathable undie, which I don't think they sent me yet. So I'm actually kind of upset about that mm. because this is a thing. I don't know if you know this about me, Will. Anything that's breathable, I want it. Yeah. I love breathability. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I'm just floating. Sure. You want to be free. When I'm looking at sneakers and undies and socks and uh, T-shirts and all materials. Yeah, you don't want to be buried in cloth. No. I don't. You know? I'm getting hot, man. I need breathability. Mm -hmm. Plus, as I've explained to you in the past, I do sports. Yeah. Very sporty. Yeah. I went for a run the other day with Pepper. Did you? Yeah, with Pepper. A run. Well, not. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. It was like twenty minutes. But a run. You run? Are you? Is this that shocking? <laughs> yeah. I don't run. I've never seen you run. I don't run, but you know, you know Pepper is what is she? Uh, six months old. Yeah. She has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. By the way, Pepper's a little puppy. People yeah. are wondering who, what, who's Pepper. <laughs> it's a dog, and she's got a lot of energy, and sometimes. Before I leave, I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, a regular walk compared to a run, hmm. it's a lot different energy expenditure for me or for the dog. Right. And so I said, let's see how this goes. I never took her for a run before. I said, let's see how this goes. And so I put the leash, the shorter leash, and yep. I just started running. Oh, okay. And she nailed it. Full blast the whole way. No distraction. Just loved it. Yeah. And it actually weirdly kind of encourages you when you got the dog setting the pace. Going. Setting the pace. And you're like, damn, you got stamina. Yeah. Damn. So, like I said, it was like 20 minutes. I think it was just over two kilometers or something. But it was uh, a great time. But it, it gets me thinking, I need more breathability. Yes. Because I'm getting hot out there. And I got to pick the right materials before I take off on that run. Uh-huh. And you know, the first item you put on is the underwear. Mm-hmm. That's where it all gets started. where it all gets kicked off. Mm-hmm. The whole day starts with the underwear. Yeah. And you got people out there, they're skimping on the underwear. Mm-hmm. And it's sending their day in the wrong direction. Yeah. And they can yeah. fix that right now. They can fix that by sure. heading over to me undies and checking out the lightest, stretchiest, and most most breathable undies yet. It's called Breathe by Me Undies. Made for your movement. Super stretchy, super meshy fabric feels invisible and stays put so you don't have to. Check out their new Breathe collection in new ultralight, anti-odor, quick dry undies and socks. Nice. Breathe, dude. Oh, it's in socks too. Yes. I need these things. Right on. We need a new care package from MeUndies so I can check all this out. Uh, they got all kinds of sizes, extra small, up to 4XL, and a lot of different patterns, too, if you want to express yourself, go for something a little flashier. It's on there, too. Or the basics. You can get the classic colors, simple colors. It's up to you. You can get 15% off your first order and free shipping. Just go to MeUndies.com slash Lou later. These things are crazy soft. Uh, I mean, I'm just just try it out. Try it out. You'll see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to do it. MeUndies.com slash Lou later. Don't forget the slash Lou later. That's how you get your 15% off. And it's how they know that we sent you. You can click the link in the description if that's easier. 15% off MeUndies.com slash Lou later. Here's a nice little Apple update. How about a recalibration tool built into iOS 14.5 beta 6? The, you may recall, I mean, Apple has come a long way on this. From the, you may recall the lawsuits and the, all the hoopla. I don't know if I've ever said hoopla on the show before. So I thought about it. I was saying, like, this is going to be a fun word. Hoop, hoopla. Oh. Around when they were, they were uh, throttling older devices that were having subpar battery performance. They were making this 
optimization decision for you when you upgrade your software and people said hey we need to know about that because all of a sudden now i want to replace my device and if mm -hmm. i knew it was just a battery and so apple has kind of changed its tune on that as some of this information came out and those lawsuits took place anyway this is so far in the other direction i like it because often when it comes to battery health, people are a little bit unaware of the state of their battery. And oftentimes your software is not accurately reflecting the true state of your battery. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, the um, est estimation of how much battery life you might have back could be way, that could be way off. Mm -hmm. So that's what this aims to do, this recalibration tool. You can see it, this is the way it's gonna show up. Important battery message. Your battery health reporting system is recalibrating maximum capacity and peak performance capability. So it's going to talk about performance as well. This process may take a few weeks. And there you can see maximum capacity listed in that case at 88%. This is nice information to have as a user. Mm -hmm. So you can know what to expect. Uh, obviously, it's, it's new. It's a part of this uh, beta 6. So it's not a thing that you're going to experience right now, but you can... This type of transparency gives confidence to the customer. You know, when you expose something like this, you feel like they're not trying to hide something from you. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is the state of my battery. I need a new battery. Cool. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, by the way, the recalibration process, uh, it, the, it takes a couple of weeks. It will occur during regular recharge cycles, and the process may take a few weeks to complete. When it's finished, however, maximum capacity percentage and peak performance capability data will be updated in the settings app. So I suppose that has something to do with the gathering enough information from the charge, the recharge cycle, yeah, to be able to come up with that accurate figure, which is in line with the current state of the battery. Mm -hmm. But either way, I like this. Yeah. You like it too. It's good. This next one I don't like so much. I don't know if you saw this story floating around. No. Uh, there, there, were, there were a couple of different reports on this. This is a guy who lost, according, I saw numbers up to a million dollars, but in, in, at least in this article on decrypt.co, says that this user lost $600,000 worth of Bitcoin by downloading what looked like a Trezor app inside of the App Store. Okay, now Trezor super popular crypto wallet hardware wallet mm -hmm. do i i have one right over here give me one second okay this right here this is a cool uh gold luxury limited version from gray this one is a collaboration actually very luxurious. Shout out to them, by the way. Uh, I'm going to post on social media to shout you guys out. Super cool. And But they don't, have, they don't have a mobile app. It's not the way this thing works. You plug it into uh, your laptop or desktop, mm -hmm. and there's an interface there, and it works when it's plugged in, tethered, to, uh, to manage it. Yeah, it's not even, it doesn't have a battery in there. No, no, it's because it's meant to be secure. It's not connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm doing with the motions? Yes. It's the whole point with the hardware wallet. Offline. Super popular company, one of the earliest com companies in the game. And they make a couple different devices. They yep. do not have an iOS app. How, however, a company figured out a way to get an app on the App Store that started out as something else. In this case, the original app uh, was claiming to be, uh, what was it? It was claiming to be some type of cryptography. It was in the cryptography category, and it was said to be an app as a solution for encrypting iPhone files and storing passwords originally when it was submitted. Right. But what they're able to do is then go in after it's been approved and change certain attributes and make the app something else completely mm -hmm. from what was approved. 
And so that's when they turned it into a crypto wallet. And that's when they put the name Trezor on it. Then they were able to get a bunch of five-star reviews and about a thousand downloads. Mm. Now, people who had the hardware wallet were thinking, oh, I'm just going to hop on iOS, assuming that Trezor would also have a software wallet on mobile, which they don't. There's a warning to everybody here. Yeah. You got to go online. The Trezor Suite, I believe. That's what it's called. It's a new it's a new app. Yeah, but it's, it's within the browser. It's an interface. It's a browser-based interface. Yeah. And your hardware wallet is connected when you're accessing it. Mm -hmm. In this case, this person thought, okay, maybe I can just link the two things and then my mobile app is going to be updated with my hardware wallet. Fantastic. Let me just move these things around. Well, the 17 or so Bitcoin that go into it, was it 17.1 Bitcoin goes in there and guess where it went? Night, night. It went straight to the malicious app and those developers. Hmm. And this is one person out of a thousand downloads. Mm -hmm. That is some big time stuff, dude. Oh, that's that, scary. That's some nasty stuff. There's yeah. another report here. Obviously, you can't see whatever everybody lost over here, but another guy was on record saying he lost about 14,000. However, the twist here now, and you know, the audience can weigh in on this if they choose. The twist here now is that he's saying this is Apple's responsibility. He is saying Apple let him down here by letting something like that exist in the App Store. Apple says, look, we rely on user reporting and this stuff is happening so fast and there's so many different apps and I don't know if they say that on the record, but that would be their take. Mm -hmm. He says, no, it's your app store, your responsibility. Now, the user has obviously some responsibility themselves mm -hmm. in checking out, particularly when you're moving around 600,000 worth of Bitcoin to just... Quick check on the Trezor site. Yeah. Quick check. You guys got an app? Send an email. Mm -hmm. But I understand people don't really work that way. You see an app. It looks official. I get that too. Now, Apple, for their part, you know, they've been in court recently explaining why their app store is so important and why the 30 points they take on it from the developer is so, so important mm -hmm. because they're the best police. that They maintain their shopping mall. It's been the defense against Epic in all those lawsuits. So you know if this guy goes to decide to file something, they're going to be citing what Apple's been saying about how amazing their app store is and how well it's policed, whatever ends up on the shelf. Yeah, I. it's hard to blame him. It does look legit with the reviews and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So actually, by the way, that's important to note because of what you're showing right now. They did they ran a similar scam on the Play Store too. Yeah, as well. This is Play Store. Yeah, that's the Play Store. They ran a similar scam, iOS and Play Store. Um, mm. I mean, it's just a nasty situation. Apple touts it touts its store as the most trusted marketplace for apps. They say that all apps undergo a rigorous review process, but acknowledge that there have been other cryptocurrency scams on the App Store. It was available from January 22nd to February 3rd, downloaded 1,000 times. Nasty, nasty stuff. I will just say as a word of warning to people dealing in crypto, be as careful as you possibly can all the time. It uh, does expose one of the issues in dealing in crypto is, you know, the, what's good about it, right, is also what can be exploited. Mm -hmm. But you guys let me know in the comments specifically if Apple, what is Apple's responsibility in this situation and how much, what, what, what should Apple, what, is there any merit there? Mm -hmm. Is there, should Apple take any responsibility or is it like, hey man, you're on your own? Yeah. I think for sure they're going to be looking into it for future problems. Mm. They're going to try to fix it before it happens again. But I don't think this guy's going to get his money back from Apple. Mm. None of it. 600000 gone. None of it? 
I don't think so. Fifty bucks, an Maybe Apple, a, a gift, a gift card. Sure. An App Store gift card. Give them some, uh, you know, some earbuds. Yeah, I know. I hear you, man. I, I don't. I don't even necessarily expect. I wouldn't expect them to do anything either. It's just you wonder. I don't know if there's a precedent for it. It's a big amount of money. I don't know if there's a legal precedent for such. I'm sure in the terms of service, you sign away all right, your ability yeah. to sue anybody about anything. Apple's like, you agree, right? You're like, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I agree. I need to use this iPhone now. Leave me alone. Uh, here's an interesting little device uh, from Belkin. This is going to, it is a stand, a little dock for your phone, iPhone. It's using MagSafe. And what it does, it's got some smarts in it, capable of using your front-facing camera on your phone to track your location around the room. So it's basically like a, kind of like a cameraman. Like a, yeah, like a swivel. Like a swivel, yeah. But also up and down. Pan and oh, tilt. Okay. Pan and tilt. And so you know everybody these days, Will. They're doing the dances. Mm. They're doing the TikToks. They're doing the instructionals, the uh, the yogas, mm. the, uh, I don't know, the fitness routines. Sure. Mostly TikToks. The TikToks. Yeah. I think I said that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are out there. Anyway, so you you now have your own camera person for these processes. You plop this on there magnetically, which is which is nice. And apparently it's 65 bucks. But how about this? Maybe you're just following a recipe video while bustling in the kitchen. Bustling. Yeah, you're just bustling about. And okay. you got the recipe on the thing and it's following you as you move about. Mm. No? Yes, no? Sure. Maybe. Does it work with the iPad? A bigger screen? No, it needs MagSafe. Probably not, eh? A magnetic mount, yeah. Oh. Okay, a couple problems with it. Uh-oh. That's right. A couple of problems would be that it relies on the Belkin app to record the video because it's using the front-facing camera for tracking, so the recordings go into that app. Hmm. So that's okay if you're going to go post on some social media after, take the video file, upload sure. it. But it's not okay for video conferencing, which would be really nice to do on here. Oh, You know how sometimes you might be moving about and trying to carry a conversation yeah. or doing a presentation or something yeah, like yeah. this? Well, it's not going to work for that because if you were using FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, you need to be in those apps. Right. So live streaming is kind of a no-no over here, but... Video content, there you go. Your own robotic hmm. camera person. This is this is one of the weirdest one of the I looked at this and I didn't even think it was real. I'm still not convinced it's real. I don't know. Work from home on this giant Apple iPhone 6 inspired desk for $275. Apparently that's a real desk you can buy. Oh. As if you don't see your phone enough. <laughs> Yeah. Your your desk is a giant phone staring back at you with a drawer for your laptop. I mean, uh. wait a second, Will. Are you, you're into no. this? No, <laughs> I'm not. Does the screen work? No. It's $200, man. Oh, well, someone should. Come on. It's a, Make it happen. I'm also noticing, is that perfume on the desk or alcohol? What is that? It's both. Is it? And then, I, I mean, I like the cappuccino. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Is that a Bible? That's not a Bible. No, <laughs> it's a like... textbook. Two, yeah, it's like an art or something. Uh, you know, there's a... It's a niche. <laughs> Someone would want it. Maybe I just seen. She might like something like this. You tell her to pick that up? Maybe, yeah. For what, though? For not to actually work at? Uh, to, to have as like a prop? Sure. It looks yeah. kind of cramped to work at. Yeah. Here's what it says. It's 105 centimeters wide, 52 centimeters deep, 75 centimeters tall. And the tray that comes out is apparently a nod to the SIM card tray. It is it is already sold out in every color, but more are expected to come in stock on the South Korean website 10 by 10 where it's selling for 275 USD. It's also listed on a website called Shopee, for $371 USD. Hmm. I don't know, man. All right, maybe we should it's order it. something. Maybe we should order it. See if it's Is real. Is it only in pink? 
No, every color. Oh, okay. Every color that the phone came in. It's yeah. certainly weird as a prop. I agree with you on that. Like, it would be cool as a prop. But as far as a real desk to work at, kind of insane. Yeah, I would say so. Kind of insane. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Headline reads, YouTube tests hiding dislike counts on videos. The end of the dislike button is near. Huh. Why? Uh, <laughs> well, Will, let me explain to you, man. First off, since we're talking about like and dislike buttons, reminder. Like this to video? To use the right button. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. No, don't use the wrong button. I know that it's sometimes hard to tell, Will. There's thumbs going different ways. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure all of the dislikes we ever get are just people they misinterpreted the buttons. That's all. Yeah, is. the mouse slipped a little <laughs> bit. It happens to the best of us. Right. Yeah. So what YouTube is saying is that people, creators, they're getting fatigued. You know, they're down. They're getting down uh. and upset and depressed. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. At a certain point, if you don't have the content, if people stop uploading or they're just not into it as much because they're constantly getting thumbs down or whatever, negative. Now, by the way, it's just that's part of life, right? Like sometimes something goes well, something doesn't go well. You want to be informed. Like often, like maybe not all the time, maybe not all criticism is constructive. But oftentimes, if I saw something people didn't, that weren't into, I will use that information. I would say, thank you very much. Let's try to improve. But there also is a point where people maybe are getting a kick out of pushing people around, mm -hmm. like bombing them. Maybe there are situations where a person wants to make somebody else feel bad, organizes each other to make somebody feel bad. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these social media sites have been targeting the attacks on other on individuals like anybody calling out or calling on mm -hmm. another individual and they try to discourage it or flag videos or remove monetization or whatever incentives there are so there's that piece of we get rid of the button creators are happier they spend less time reflecting on the dislikes people are probably less likely to leave a dislike but sure. oh, by the way, I should say the dislike button isn't gone. It's just a dislike count. You can scroll down and see what the feature will look like right there. And uh, I'll just say exactly what YouTube said. I will read their response. So you can see here in this demo, you have 978 up. You can dislike the video, and the creator will see the number of dislikes, but it's not displayed as a bar like a voting system, how it is now. It's this like shifting bar. And it doesn't say the number. It just says dislike. That's it. Here's, here's, here's a quote directly from YouTube. In response to creator feedback around well-being and targeted dislike campaigns, we're testing a few new designs that don't show the public dislike count. If you're part of this small experiment, you might spot one of these designs in the coming weeks. Creators, you'll still be able to see the exact number of likes and dislikes in YouTube Studio. For viewers, if you're in the experiment, you can still like or dislike a video to share feedback with creators and help tune the recommendations you see on YouTube. Hmm. Now, it's fine to say all that, yeah. but truth be told, it's not a fair match now between like and dislike. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to dislike something and I can't even see the number go up, I'm just less likely to use the feature. Mm -hmm. Same with the like button. If yes. all the numbers were gone, it was just like, what am I doing? What am I contributing? Like the number is big to potential users. Yeah. So you can't just say, hey, you're still free to dislike. Like you are trying to encourage less dislikes, mm -hmm. which maybe you can have a conversation around that. Yeah. Maybe you can have a conversation about that. However, if you read... The thread of comments underneath this announcement, which took place on Twitter from YouTube's official account, 
A lot of people are saying we need that dislike button. A lot mm -hmm. of people are saying this is the way that we can communicate. Uh, it's a tool that we have when somebody does something horribly wrong. Yeah. And that we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. There's some merit there. Absolutely. But ultimately, what is YouTube? What are they doing? Oh, I don't know. It's a platform to deliver advertisements to you. That's the business. Mm -hmm. No matter what slogan they put on it. And it's fine. I think it's a, the best model we have for video and content and sharing and the internet in general. Mm -hmm. It is what gave birth to all this. Mm -hmm. That model. And I'm telling you right now, for everybody acting like you can do it some other way, go do it some other way. Go do it some other way, charging people money to watch things. Because I don't see it yet. I mean, I suppose on the TV with bigger budget content like Netflix and stuff, you have people, there's no ad support there. You pay for it. But those prices have been going up, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, a lot of the stuff you interact with on the internet, sponsorships, ads, they make it possible. They bring the attention and the development from people and the investment from people because they know they can turn it into a profession. Mm -hmm. And then YouTube sits there and looks and they go, what's happening to our professionals? Oh, they got a boatload of emails from people saying, I got this targeted dislike campaign or, or uh, I'm just not feeling motivated to post or whatever because I'm, I'm feeling a lot of... I'm getting a lot of this. And YouTube's like, wait a sec. But it is a problem, man. It's not cut and dry. It's a problem for me, too. I'm sitting there looking at it like, ugh. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Mm -hmm. I think the dislike can be useful. Absolutely. I hear that side of it. But also, as a content creator, I, I realize... <sighs> people can put a lot of effort into something. Uh -huh. and they live or die by the button one click and the time investment of like 30 seconds to watch something boom death mm -hmm. but at the end of the day when you talk about advertisers and advertising if there's no human beings there to watch it to advertise to because they're sick of not having their voice heard or feeling like they're a part of the community then you broke the system in that way too. So they had to feel represented also in the fact that they have some level of feedback available to them. Yeah. I think that one point that you made where, you know, with the interactions of likes and dislikes, uh, I think the engagement level will be lower now because it's only the like. You only see the like counter. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of liking something if you don't see the dislikes? Right. It's uh, well, it, we we have that elsewhere, right? On Instagram's how it works. It's only yeah. it's only likes. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, like all the other social media, decided early on that it was for whatever reason dangerous to them or the brands or whatever the posters to have uh, that negative sentiment in there. Mm -hmm. So you just have likes, and people do that. People like like crazy on Instagram. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. YouTube is one of the rare places in social media that has defended and maintained mm -hmm. the true dislike and ratio bar. Mm -hmm. And you got to think that they're looking at all the other social media and they're getting the feedback they're getting and they're meeting with the psychiatrists and everyone else and they're saying, you know, you should price and have that over there. Yeah. But... We'll see. And of course, you guys will weigh in. You let me know in the comments, what's the right balance? Is this it? Like maintaining the dislike button, but eliminating some of its prominence by removing the count. Keep it exactly the way that it is. What should be done here? I mean, you get to vote just with your comment. Mm -hmm. You see, you get to be heard. I look at the comments. We look at the comments. Mm -hmm. I'll bring it to YouTube, actually. If you have some really, if you have some really interesting feedback about it, by the way, I'll bring it to YouTube. I'll send an email. All right. Uh, so I'll read you what your thoughts are on it. I think it's a big issue. I think I, th I think it's a really yeah. critical decision. Uh, next story is about the Volkswagen thing. 
I don't know, man. What? I don't know. So they put out a pre-April Fool's thing press release about changing their name to Volkswagen in order to embrace the electrification of their fleet and just the EV future in general. So they hit up all these publications. Weird ad. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not an ad. It's just trending on a website. Oh, it's not. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sidetrack over here. Jeez. Sorry. Don't even make me read this that out like loud. A criminal guy. Yeah. It's right beside the Volkswagen Well, he's accused. Logo. He's accused. Yeah. Sorry. He's accused. I don't want to. Alleged. Yeah. Prejudge. So Volkswagen puts out a press release and it was before April Fool's. So reporters didn't know what to make of it. And then they doubled down. They sent another one with a word from the CEO of the company. They just doubled down on it. And then it turns out that, yeah, it was fake. It was early April Fool's. They're not changing the name to Volkswagen. And now the press is very upset. How dare you use us in that fashion? How dare you make us go back and forth and back and forth? <laughs> That's part of the game. You know, it's like, it's press. It is, but I don't think they like feeling like they, they got want, played with. Yeah, they don't want to be tricked. They don't. But it's. I don't know. Did well, it? It's April Fool's. The next day. Wouldn't you want to have. I like, know, but what are the rules of April Fool's, man? I don't know. How many days do you get? What are the. Can you. If you start being a day before. Then somebody's going to push to two days before. Then somebody's going to push for the whole week. Sure. And can I just be honest? So it's a timing thing for you. No, actually, I don't even... The whole April Fool's thing, I don't... Yeah. It was fun on the internet when it was new. And it was obviously fun when you were doing it in real life, when you were in school or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was obviously fun. But then it got to a point where these April Fool's things turned into these massive budget commercials i remember like google did, did this year. and then it was like this is so elaborate it's not fun anymore. i don't know if i'm having fun it feels so calculated yeah and the boardrooms the yes many meetings i'm picturing all of this approval process and now and now volkswagen has a whole fiasco on their hands now they have to have more meetings to talk about the impression around the thing because now the press is writing negative really negative headlines about them i'm just going to come from a weird position here and say okay and say you know what they should have done it they should have changed their name to volkswagen hmm. like indefinitely for the ev ones for the ev specific vehicles hmm. the stock would okay here's the problem let me tell you the problem is. And by the way, I don't care that much one way or another with the name. The stock was up when the press release went out. I don't know. It was like 5% or something. Yeah, you might need to click on the five day to see it because it's old now. Yeah, it's up a little bit. Now, apparently, the Trade Commission has to look into it and say, oh, wait a sec. You lied, which actually caused an impact, an investor impact. You claimed that something was true. Like in the same way that Elon got in trouble when he said he was taking a company private. Mm. There's an actual investigation going on now over the mm. joke. Or the name change. When you're a company that big, you're not allowed to. <laughs> Can't have fun there. No, 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 no. In falsely announcing a name change, the company went beyond telling reporters that its news release was legitimate. On Tuesday, the company emailed to reporters a press release that quoted its CEO announcing the fake change. The fake release could land Volkswagen in trouble with U.S. securities regulators because its stock price rose nearly 5%. I said uh, trade commission. In this case, it's U.S. securities regulators. It rose 5% on Tuesday. After the bogus statement, James Cox, who teaches corporate and securities law at Duke University, said the Securities and Exchange Commission should take action to deal with such misinformation, which can distort stock prices. Damn. Turns into an even bigger thing. Can't have fun. No, no fun. No fun. 
even on April Fool's. No fun. No fun before April. When is April Fool's? Is it, is it yet? See, they were two days early. It's not even April Fool's yet. Yeah. They were two days early. Yeah. Damn. So prepare yourself, Will, because tomorrow's episode, complete disaster. Well, what tomorrow, are we? They, they might even change their name to Volts. Well, this is the thing. What are we supposed to do tomorrow? We're going to have all this news that we're shooting. Hmm. Wait, what am I talking about tomorrow? People are watching this Today. on April Fool's. Yeah, April Fool's. Whatever. Next episode, we're going to have to really comb through what's real and not. It's going to be a yeah, mess. We'll figure it out. Or who cares? Whatever. All right. I was mentioning Elon Musk previously. Latest thing he's been up to, he's trying to recruit people to go to, to Texas, specifically South Padre, Brownsville, Texas, near what he wants to call Starbase, where SpaceX is doing all that work, all those launches. Mm. He took to Twitter and basically said, hey, we need skilled people. Who wants to come to Texas? More or less. Mm. And, of course, a lot of people responded. But I get the sense that there's not a lot going on in this region outside of SpaceX. Kind of a low-key destination. And so because of that, he's going to actually be investing in the community to make it cooler. Oh. To the tune of $30 million to schools and downtown revitalization efforts. I'll do it. Just make the whole city cool. Yeah. And get everybody to come there. Now, interestingly, I looked this up because I was like, all right, where is this region? Brownsville, South Padre. It's kind of far from the big cities of Texas. It oh, was yeah. like five hours from Austin, maybe a little bit closer to Houston. But it's a bit of a trip. You're very close to Mexico over there. And I'm sure it's probably pretty cool weather, I'm guessing. But uh, as far as the nearest airport, you're going to have to be prepared. Will's never used Google Maps before. What is this? <laughs> Look where you are. You're right oh. on the Mexican border over there. Aren't you? Yeah, you're very close. All right, well, we've had enough of your bizarre zooming game that you're playing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mexico's right there. I don't know. The mouse is very sensitive. Yeah, just double click, Will. Just use the double click, dude. It's much more reliable. No, no, the double click. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man, this is going to take forever. Yeah, Mexico is right here. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Now go into the city a little bit more. I can't. <laughs> no, you can't click on the actual item. You need to just click near it. Yes, right there. There you go. So what do we have? There's a national wildlife. There's a zoo. A national historical park. But click on the street view. Let's see what the downtown looks like. Here? No, the street view. This satellite. No, no, the street view. <laughs> this, oh, this? Se this segment is called Teaching Willie Do to uh, to Google Maps. Yeah, so this is, imagine pumping uh, 30 million into schools and to the downtown. Apparently the downtown is going to get 10 million. It looks like it could use it, to be honest. Here's the 360. <laughs> <laughs> like uh Amazonian forest here. Yeah, I think you're in in the zoo actually there. The Gladys Porter Zoo by the looks of it. Cool. Or you're in some sort of sanctuary. Well, these are pictures. I can't go. You you can't if you drag the little guy. Uh, you can probably go to Grove Street. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my it's god. It's not working. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Go All right. <laughs> Google Maps. Brownsville, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Brownsville. Yeah. Anyway, it looks like he's got some some feedback, attention. People seem interested. The original tweet has uh, 30,000 replies. Oh. So people are thinking about it. I'm guessing that their dollars are going to go a long way in this town as well. Mm. And if he if he goes ahead and gets it called Starbase and and it turns into this this SpaceX hub, it, you could get in early in what could become a cool place, or maybe I don't know, maybe not. Maybe they could move on and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now my understanding is that he moved to 
Austin. So I don't know if he's commuting or he will keep a place there as well or whatever. But uh, the recruitment is on. And he's looking for talent. The latest Starship SN11 rocket just appeared to explode during a landing attempt. So I guess that makes, what is it, four of them now that have had some issue or another, this location? Hmm. Yeah, his fourth failed SpaceX test launch. So anyway, go over there. If you know anything about space, you know anything about rockets, get get your butt to Brownsville. And uh, don't ask Willie Dude to navigate to get no. you there. You're, you'd be better off running Google Maps on yeah. your own. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mercedes has uh, given the official range numbers for its new EQS, which is going to be some sort of electric vehicle range champ status. It's out of control. Originally, they had said somewhere around 700 kilometers. And now they got the number in there at 770 km wow. on an EV. And this has to do with the 108 kilowatt hour battery pack. But it also has to do with the the drag coefficient of the vehicle, which we were talking about recently on EV designs. They, I mean, they got some crazy figure on this one. Let me see if I can find the number. Uh, C, a CD of... which is very good, Will. Very little drag. What's the average? Is there an average? Well, you should look up like a Model S. Obviously, that's what this wants to do, this place. Let's see. Tesla Model S CD rating. 0.208. So I guess it beats... It doesn't seem like a lot. 0.20 versus 0.208. Yeah. But something tells me but, since we're in the decimals, every yeah. little bit is huge here. For sure, yeah. Should I add in like what's something that would <laughs> Imagine the worst is 0.3 and then, you know. I'm going to look up like a Ford F150. Do they even track such a thing? That might be that might be difficult to find. It's mostly an EV related Right. Anyway, you, you're not going to be cross-shopping this against uh, F-150, but it's good. The number is good. Big battery, CD value starting at 0.2, and the important thing for you to know is 770 kilometers, which is 479 miles. Crazy. And that's on a single charge. Mm. So you're charging a lot less, or if you have to take that road trip, you don't have to find as many charge stations. Of course, you still don't have the Tesla supercharger network, but we've also shown off the interior of this car. This thing's looking pretty exciting. Yeah. As well. How about this story, Will? Can't say I've ever seen a situation like this in my life. Here we have a marathon runner, British, who is sponsored by a company called On Running. Okay. Sneaker company, Mm. uh, running shoe company. He didn't want to wear the product in this big race to qualify at the Olympic trials. He wanted to wear those magical Nike shoes. Yeah. With the carbon plate. Sure. Now, a lot of other manufacturers have the carbon plate from what I understand. But he wanted to wear these Nike Vaporfly Next shoes. And I think he thought he was going to perform his best in his sneaker. Yeah, that's them. He went to the company on running who pays him, who is his sponsor, and said, look, if I black out these shoes, can I wear these? Mm -hmm. They said, go for it. Oh. He comes through, wins the thing, and he's not even wearing their product. That's how dominant this Nike sneaker is. But it's also how cool this on running company is. Mm Mm-hmm. That they were like, yeah, it doesn't spoil it. Just put the put our shoes on. Now, is it a bit deceiving to the audience? A little bit. Because once he goes to the podium, he puts the on-running product on. Oh. <laughs> no, he has to. Let me just put this on real quick. He Hold has on. to at that point, right? 
I just thought this was a crazy story. I mean, this is a type of compromise that you just wouldn't expect in a, this type of relationship Yeah. between a sponsor and an athlete. It's like, I don't know if you recall the, did you watch the Jordan documentary on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, where, where the moment where he was at the Olympics and of course he had the Jordan brand, but I think it was Reebok or Adidas who was sponsoring the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And so he went out and held his hand to cover the logo mm. of the official uniform sponsor who was different from his affiliation. Yes. Like normally this stuff is crazy sensitive. Uh-huh. But not in this case. And he won like first, right? This is an uh, Olympic qualifier. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the Olympics... We'll, we'll see what happens in the Olympics, but uh, Thompson said, that's by the way, the individual named Thompson, Chris Thompson. Thompson said, on is a great bunch who want the best for their athletes. So much so they went above and beyond for me today. A year later, on went above and beyond once more, again, letting Thompson wear a rival brand's shoe to help him run as fast as possible. Hmm. At the post-race award ceremony, Thompson could be seen wearing on shoes now i presume this company wants to get to the point where their shoe is competitive right with this this uh vapor fly next but they're basically admitting at this point that they're not there yet or at least for him and his running style yes but if you look at the list of people who placed highly in this in this event there were a number that were wearing that particular shoe huh so Crazy. You can have some type of innovation. It's this carbon plate in there. Now everybody's doing a carbon plate and everyone's trying to catch up. Felt like running shoes were pretty mm. standard for a while. Mm -hmm. I need to get those when I go for the run with Pepper. Yeah, you got to try them. I got to trim a few seconds off that. You know? Yeah. Burger King in Chile is taking some heat for an Instagram post. Burger King's back in the, in the news with a social media post that is not being received perfectly. Now you recall the story previously on uh, International Women's Day, they had the controversial post and then they tried to defend it and then they took it down. Yeah, <laughs> very awkward time. So weird. Yeah. I think we talked about it twice on this show actually. Yeah. This one, I don't know if you're gonna, how you're gonna feel about it. I really wanted to put this one in front of you. Is Especially, it because I talked about this particular canal? What's the name of that canal? Just remind me. <laughs> Isn't it Suez? Swiss? <laughs> Come Suez? on, man. You're telling me you didn't go look it up after <laughs> that debacle? Well, you tell me. Yeah, it's the Suez Canal. Suez Canal. It, gotcha. In Egypt. Right. And we can we can probably say it nicer than that, but roughly speaking, that's what it is. As opposed to the Zeus Canal. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Seuss Canal. Yeah, the Seuss Canal is what you called it. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you haven't seen that clip, number one clip in later clips history, look for the Willie Do Wild Card Returns, I think is the name of the clip. I don't know. Yeah, go look for it. All right. You're, Willie Do's in prime condition for that one. So in this case, yeah, it, so it's, it, it's, it's because it includes that, but it's also their take on it. So if you scroll down, you can see the social media post in question. There it is. It's a Whopper, a double Whopper, Burger King burger, blocking the Suez Canal mm. in the same way that the ship was. Because mm -hmm. it's so big. I mean, you see it says Grande there. Mm -hmm. The Whopper is so big, it could, it's blocking the. Now, some people laughed, as you would in the, in the comments, and then other people were like, you know, you shouldn't be capitalizing on this. And then people were also attacking Burger King. What is your feeling on this? Is this okay to joke with or not okay to joke with? Apparently, the whole situation to get the boat unstuck is, is quite terrible. Mm -hmm. It's just like a lot of logistics and seeing if things would work and super risky, a lot of money involved. But at the end of the day, no one got hurt. No one got killed. And I mean, apparently Whopper's just, you know, Burger King's trying to get their uh, punches in. They, they say that the incident may have disrupted billions of dollars in international trade. Yes. 
but no one got hurt. Well, not physically hurt, but definitely economically hurt. Yeah. Like somebody might have lost their job over this. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really I don't really know. This seems like a a little bit of fun for them. Maybe in poor taste. Do you I don't find it offensive personally. Do you or do you not stand with Burger King? No. I stand for McDonald's. <laughs> well that's perfect because that's our next story oh okay great how about the most unique mcdonald's locations around the world oh i thought you'd find this one interesting now there are a lot in this list we do not have to see them all but you would be surprised to see that not all mcdonald's are what you expect at all some of them are absolutely crazy and cool now, I have never visited a McDonald's that was way unusual, but I would love to. So look at, check out some of these buildings, all right? Just hit the right arrow there. This one is in an airport in Australia. Oh, is this fully automated? Like up there? I don't know uh... if it's fully automated, but definitely your burger is delivered on a conveyor. Oh. And it comes from above. So it's like this food stand, you order, it's, it's through a screen, and it's a see-through gl- yellow glass. Mm. And you can see stuff happening. I don't know if there's any humans up there, but ultimately it, it eventually comes down on a conveyor, which is so cool. Yes. Willie, but, do, if you find yourself but, in Sydney, Australia, what are the chances you give this one a crack? I'll definitely go. You're doing this. Check it out. You know, it's in the airport. You don't even have yeah, to go. Yeah, the You're fact already, that it's yeah. transparent, you can see it. It's cool. All right. Okay, this one I'll explain quickly. It doesn't look that special. This is this color because in this place, Sedona, Arizona, mm-hmm. they have really specific development rules about blending in with the surroundings. Oh. That if you're going to put a building, because there's so many historical buildings there, it has to match the criteria. Oh, really? Can't, can't be an eyesore. But the flag is normal. <laughs> I guess, you're, I guess the... when it comes to a flag, you're allowed to do what you like. Because cause an American flag, if you want to fly it. Yeah. Like yeah, the yeah. McDonald's flag. <laughs> no, I'm saying that they would have different rules around flags. Flags in general. All flags. I see. It's not a permanent fixture, a flag. Interesting. You so don't need every- a permit to fly a flag. Oh. Uh, so everything's just like teal there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Like the logos are all teal or something? I think there was probably an approval, uh, approval process where they looked at historical buildings around there and were like, here's the colors you can use. But the most important thing here is the structure itself, having that, what is the name of that? It's that like kind of Southern New Mexico. Tuscan. What the hell is the name of that stuff? Scroll down. Maybe, maybe it says, uh, of course it doesn't tell me what that name of that stuff. Someone's going to say oh, it in the You're going to get bothered by this. No, I'm, I'm not that bothered. It's, it's like that stone looking. Beige. Beige. Yellowish. Rock. Yeah. Look that anyone who's been to the southern United States knows what that or, looks like. Or uh, Tatooine. Like desert. It's like Wars. a desert yeah. look to it. Oh, God. There's a name for it. It's not coming <laughs> to my head right now. Okay, go next. Go next. All right. Look at this fancy little McDonald's. I love the logo here. Oh. So this one, I believe, is in Norway. If you scroll down, I think we can verify that. Yeah, it's in Norway. And this is a very famous building that they purchased, or at least I don't know what they did. It's like one of the oldest structures there mm. that they had to retrofit. So obviously they couldn't change it, historical building. And there's rules apparently around signage as well. And you can see the way they got around it with the flag one more time, mm. which is, uh, seems to be the trick to get the the arches up there, the red and yellow. But this is a quaint little McDonald's. Now, in a moment here, you're going to go really far in the other direction. This one is in Roswell, New Mexico. This is the most oh. <laughs> futuristic, alien ship-looking McDonald's. And I'm sure there's people that roll past this thing all the time and don't think anything of it because mm. they're used to it. But, man, if you got a typical McDonald's in your town, that thing is a, a, a much different level to it. Yeah. This one is near, in Dallas, Texas, it's near a zoo, so they put a lot of animals on it. And uh, this is a fancy one in Hungary, which was built into like a very high-end feeling venue. This one is built into a train. 
There's just one other one I want to see here. This one. This is oh, a, wow. the oldest standing McDonald's. So this one is in Downey, California. I think it's uh, Southeast Los Angeles. The oldest operating McDonald's restaurant. And it has a retro Americana vibe. I remember I watched mm -hmm. the McDonald's movie. Yeah. And like, you remember when they were putting these ones up early on? The founder. And I, so anyway, this one, I believe, if you just scroll down one more time. Yeah, opened in 1953. It was the third McDonald's restaurant at the time and deemed eligible for the National Register of Historic Places in 1984. So by 1984, they were already like, okay, this is historic. Better hang on to this. It is now one of the main attractions in Southeast Los Angeles. So awesome. It's kind of cool that it's been maintained. Mm -hmm. A little bit of history there. But you can go through the, through the list yourself if you care. It's 31 slides on msn.com. And uh, you can see all the variety of unusual McDonald's. Many unusual ones in Asia as well. But not exactly what you expect.